Hey, welcome to 412 Connections. My name is Larry Grayway. I'm here with Heather Kroos, who founded this podcast a couple years ago, and it used to be called Mylar, My Look at Recovery. And we've kind of switched it up this year. We used 412 because it says this, it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand back to back and can conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And we're here to talk about how mental health um, affects our lives and how we can recover and how we need each other as a part of that recovery process. And so again, I'm here with Heather and she's gonna get us kicked off today. Good afternoon and welcome back to 412 Connections with Pastor Larry. Today is going to be a, an episode that's a little more in your wheelhouse than it is mine because we're going to be talking about the church and how it relates back to mental health. Now granted, in our next episode, we'll have an actual expert and a pastor that knows what he's talking about to help support what you say today. Okay, sounds good. But in all relative seriousness, I I really did want to do this because I know that for a lot of people like myself, there has been some friction and mistreatment that has been associated with the church and the way that we have been perceived and treated, but I also know from my own experience that being a part of the church and having something that is bigger than me to look to is important to my overall mental health. And while I respect other people's beliefs, and I'm not going to discount other religions because I don't really know enough about them and I don't want to get into a religious argument and I want to be respectful of other people's beliefs but you and I share that commonality of being Christian so we can talk about it from that aspect and the importance of our own faith to how it impacts our mental health and for other people that are listening to this that maybe they follow a different religious path or maybe they're not religious and they are atheist or agnostic, I still think these principles can apply and be words. They're hard. So I'm going to hand the mic over to you because words... No, we're, you know, this is, this is one obviously that, that I'm very passionate about being a pastor. Like I said, in, uh, in our next episode, we will, um, have Brandon Nichols from Mercy Hill Church with us, good friend of mine. And in dealing with the church and people that are struggling with their mental health, there's been a lot of things that have been good and damaging all at the same time. And I think where we where we have to be careful because it's easy to get into the mode of just blaming the church. Um, we have to remember that not, not all churches are the same, just like not all people are the same. It's just unfortunately that many churches 
like people in general, when when we get around a situation that's uncomfortable, that we don't know what to do, we tend to either push away or smother or just in general do nothing. Um, and that's, think about it, we, we deal with people in the same way. And the people of the church um, often react that way. Like some of your experiences when, when you were younger um, was a product of a few different things. One, uh, not having a clear understanding of what was going on in you so that it could be clearly articulated to the people that you're talking to, to the church. And two, the church oversimplifying people and spirituality and thinking, well, if I just pray hard enough and I just do this, that's going to solve everything, which God is, God is one of, one of the, let me back up and put it this way. It's never usually that simple. Never usually. That's a very definitive term, which is really funny. Man, this is, I'm on today. But it's, it's not generally that simple. You know, usually God works in partnership with us. That's part of prayer. Does God heal? Absolutely. Does God do those things? But he chooses to do it in many different ways. And we tend to oversimplify and, and try and say, well, you know what? Uh, you got some extremes which you've encountered. Well, this person is struggling with some mental health issues, so it must be demonic. Or, you know, or they might be just trying to manipulate a situation or whatever that is. And so it's created a lot of confusion and a lot of hurt um, within that. And I know I rambled for several minutes to come to that point. But I think this conversation that we're going to have next week is really going to help us to identify... um, where some of the weaknesses are in the church and how the church can better help those that are struggling with mental health issues. So prior to recording this episode, I went to the Sam's Hall website, which for those of you who aren't familiar, I don't remember the exact acronym, but it is the Federal Government's Department of Behavioral Health and Substance Abuse. Okay. So they are focused on helping people learn how to manage living with a mental illness and or substance abuse issue, which to be honest is a mental illness, but people don't want to acknowledge that, yay stigma. And on their website they talk about the importance of recovery and the key elements that they feel are important to supporting one's recovery which we've talked about before in previous seasons mm-hmm. about this. And so they've broken it down into what they believe are the four major dimensions of recovery. And it starts with health, which is learning to manage your disease and symptoms to make healthier choices that support your physical and emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this a step further because... As we talk about in the introduction to this podcast, we're stronger as a three-braided cord. Yes. And 
in my mind that is your physical health, your mental health, and your spiritual health and whatever realm that takes for you, which again, that's why I think this applies whether you're Judas or Muslim or Islam or uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, or even atheist, because even if you are atheist and you don't believe in God, you, that's still a belief that is spiritual. And while some may argue with me about that, that is what I believe and that's how this connects back. So you, you have that. And then you also have the importance of having a, a safe and stable place to live. And as someone who has been unhoused or homeless or living in my mobile car unit, also known as my car, I know what that feels like. And even having a roof over your head, if it doesn't feel like it's a stable living environment, like you feel like you could lose it at any moment, it directly impacts your mental health because you you can't really feel good about yourself if you're constantly worried about not having a roof over your head and a safe place to live. And that applies to people that are in abusive relationships too. If you don't feel safe, you can't really take care of yourself. And then the last two are the ones that I think really apply to what we're talking to today. And that's purpose and community. And so purpose is having that sense of like why you're here. Mm -hmm whether it's finding a meaningful connection with your family or your job or school, just feeling like you have a place in society and that you are contributing to society because that's where it differs from just the community and the sense of community is having that, that relationship with other people and as much as I hate it, the need for the social interaction and even if you are an introvert, you still need people. You still have to feel connected because when you don't feel connected, you don't feel part of anything, it's way too easy to get lost in your own head. And I think that purpose and community are two things when you find the right church. Yeah. You can find those in that in there. And it can help supplement even if you are in a place where maybe your health isn't the greatest or you don't feel like you have a safe, stable living environment. You can get the, the support from your church and that sense of community and purpose where they can come in and wrap you up in love and care and it's not going to solve all your problems, but it, it at least helps support you and gives you a safety net. Absolutely. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out there because you, you said a lot of good things. Yes, that the Ecclesiastes 4.12 is where we named the podcast talking about the, the three braided cord is not easily broken and how those are woven together. They make you stronger. So your physical health, your spiritual health, your mental and emotional health um, are all tied together. We've, that's what this whole thing has been about. But when you, when you add that, when you're looking at that spiritual element, that sense of hope that comes through having, as a Christian, it's that relationship with God and knowing that I don't have to do anything to earn that love, 
but that I'm accepted. Now, unfortunately, as a church, God uses humans to be that representation and we're broken and flawed. And so sometimes we don't represent that well or it's mistaught, whatever. We've talked about that. But I want to give you kind of a definition out of Scripture what I believe church is supposed to look like and why it's so important as community. Um, and this is out of the book of Acts, um, chapter 2, verse 42. And this is really the Scripture that talks about the birth of the church. The birth of the church had just happened. Jesus had died. He ascended into heaven. And this is where the start of the church happens and it, and it begins and they met in homes and things. But I want you to hear this, um, how they describe church, because this is what church is not. And, and when we talk about church, we're talking about the big church. It doesn't, there's a lot of different denominations, a lot of different ways to worship um, God in this when we talk about church. But here's the, the defining thing that a church is. It's not necessarily lights and all these other things, but this is this is church. And verse 42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And the result of it was this, a deep sense of awe came over all of them. Um, the apostles performed miraculous signs and wonders, but here's the thing. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple every day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship. So the reason I bring that up is when you see true community, and this is what I believe the church at its very core should be. Not always what it is, but what it should be. It's what we strive to be, is a group of believers that share a common goal, a common mission, doing life together, caring for one another, and making sure that they have what they need while they worship God, while they fulfill what God's asked them to do and they do it together as one so that's why when you when you I believe people are are called to a church and I, and I say that called it's a weird term outside of the church but I believe that God puts us in the right place to fit into that home um, not everybody fits into our church and that's okay and I'm okay with that and we've had people come and they've come for a little while or even for a while that don't necessarily fit into the culture of our church. And so what do we do when they say, hey, I think God's moved me somewhere else? We celebrate. We, we are like, okay, man, let's pray over them and, and help them get into a community that they can thrive and grow. Because it's not a competition. It's about finding that place that you fit where God has you and you can grow and be supported and do life with people some of them you even like does that make sense it does and as i'm listening to you speak 
And I don't want this to come off the wrong way because God is important. But if we take God out of what you just said, not out of the equation because he will always be a part of it regardless of whether people want to believe that or not. That is my belief. But if we take God out of of that and we just focus on the community aspect of it and the support and the, the purpose that comes from gathering together, one of the things that really stuck out with what you said is that yes, we have all these different denominations and all, even within the denominations, there's different churches that approach things differently. Mm-hmm. And yet, when we aren't competing with one another and we are truly working together we fit together Mm -hmm. and we create this bigger picture that is so much cooler than anything else sure and i think that really applies to one of the things that is wrong with our society because as we look around right now we see people trying to diversify into these little groups and like find these little niches and there's nothing wrong with that the problem is that they're doing that in a way that it feels like they're trying to isolate themselves from everybody else it's like they want to just embrace what makes them different from everybody else and find people that share their difference and just form these little groups and and stick them together but then fight against everybody else because nobody else understands them and nobody else wants to be around them. And so it creates this division. And I I truly believe that is where our problems come from. And I've said this a lot. We need to find a way to move past this us versus them mentality. And it, it doesn't matter whether it's your gender, your sexual orientation, your ethnicity, your religion, your age, like generational even. There's a huge like fight with the generations. And if we can just all learn to come together and really focus on what makes us more alike and learn from one another and celebrate those differences, encourage those differences, and try to to understand them and accept them instead of constantly pushing people away. And that's one of the things that drew me to your church and why I keep going back to it is because that it was I was accepted there even when I was running away. And once I started to build that connection with you and started to build that relationship with you and I tried to push you away, like, oh, yeah, nice try. We're not going to go. I mean, we're not going to force you to stay, but we're also not going to make it easy for you to go. Yeah, I know. And you've done that the most when you knew that I was pushing you away and pulling away because I wasn't in the right place. I wasn't in a good, healthy mental place. And sometimes you've recognized things. And we, we mentioned this at the, the discussion we did in May at the Words Are Hard presentation, that the last time that I was seriously at, in that dark place where I was heading down the road towards ending my own life, mm-hmm. you recognized it before even I did. 
and I didn't have a plan. Like it was slowly coming together. The pieces were being formed in my head because the plan has always been relatively the same thing, but I didn't have it all figured out. And you recognized it and you stopped it before I was able to fully form, but you refused to leave me alone. And that's where that sense of community really comes in. Sure. And that support that you gave me, and it helped give me the support to get the get healthy, which I'm still working on. But I think that's why it's important for people to recognize the importance of not ignoring their spiritual life. And again, this applies even if you are atheist. Find something that is greater than you to feel connected to. And I truly believe that when the time is right, if you are willing and open to experiencing different people's beliefs, then God will find his way to you. And if you're not open to that, I'm still going to be there for you. Because I truly believe that we are all on this earth together to support one another, regardless of what our beliefs are. Look, this podcast isn't designed about, you know, Christianity or any other belief system. You know, I have my beliefs and why. And But here's, here's the thing with it. As the, the bottom line for any of this, whether it's in a church group, whether it's in a D&D group, whether it's, and that's Dungeons and Dragons, by the way, and just, you know, for those that, Heather likes to use acronyms that make no sense, at least, you know, um, but I'll throw that out there. Or, you know, I take my interests that I do outside of even the church world. I like to ride motorcycles. I like to mountain bike. I have relationships built around those activities some of them overlap with the church. Some of them don't. Well, not in a direct way. Um, everything in my life overlaps because it's all connected. But those groups and those communities care for each other in different ways. And that's why, and I'm not for being a pastor, and, I, and you'll find this for a lot of pastors, Many pastors would fall on the introvert scale if you were to look at it. Because just because we're a pastor and we're up front a lot, we lead a lot, doesn't necessarily mean we're extroverts. Um, it just means that God's gifted and equipped us and positioned us in a place that puts us out front a lot, that puts us around people. And but that community is what drives us. The relationships. When I go into, um, and I've made this a, a point uh, almost anywhere that I go anymore, is I tend to find one person that I can talk to. And if, I, if I'm talking to that one person and I sense that there's somewhat of a connection there, a, a, you know, I'm not talking like some cosmic connection lights, you know, and on. But what I'll usually do is follow up with that person and say, hey, you want to grab some coffee? And from there, I let that relationship develop. 
And wherever that relationship develops is fine. Sometimes that relationship's developed to them becoming a part of our church. Sometimes that relationship's developed in another way that we've connected in different ways. But I don't go into that relationship thinking, ooh, I'm going to have another member to my church. I go into that relationship going, hey, I want to get to know who this person is. I want to get to know their story. Because I may learn from th- something from their story. I may grow from their story. It's interesting to me, and I, I know you all have to know that you very much are an introvert in the true sense of the word. Because you can be a complete social butterfly, life of the party, and still be an introvert. An introvert versus extrovert really just has to deal with how you recharge your batteries. And so if you're an introvert, you can go and you can enjoy being around people but it expends a lot of energy, so it's very draining. And so typically introverts are very selective about the social situations that they put themselves in because it is very draining. Mm -hmm. Whereas an extrovert seeks out that energy from the group because they suck it up. They get charged from that, so that's how they get their energy. And the irony of it is you can be someone that is a complete loner and prefers to be socially isolated but still be an extrovert and just go out into the world and suck up the energy from people around you. And as an introvert, I I like to think that we're the batteries to the social leeches, not as extroverts. Just saying. But I think that that also points back to that, that need for that connection. We all need that oh absolutely and sometimes the loneliest place you can be is in a crowded room with people you know but you don't feel connected to even when you have those connections when you don't feel that connection to someone else when you don't feel like you are seen or feel like you are heard that is by and far the most lonely place in the world as opposed to being physically lonely. And I don't think people really understand that. And so a lot of times what will happen is uh, you'll see these people that are the life of the party because they want that connection. And it's not that they're an extrovert. It's just that they're they're hurting and they... They know what it feels like to hurt. I know because I do this myself. When I'm up, I'm really up. And I know how sometimes when I'm in this weird space like I've been in lately, dealing with the grief over losing Max, there are times that I look like I'm the life of the party when I am hurting the most because I want that connection and I crave that connection. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I feel connected. But then once I leave... It all comes crashing down because those connections are lost. Mm -hmm. And so for me, in those times when I can reach outside of myself and try to find God and try to find that connection with God, because for a long time, I didn't want hope because hope was 
fleeting, hopeless, painful, because when you lose hope, it's devastating. And I had been there more times than I can count because I didn't have the relationship that I have with God now, which, to be honest, it's still kind of tenuous at best. It's more than you think. But here's the thing, and, and you're right, and I want to kind of wrap this back around. Because I know we talked about the the personal connections from a lot of different ways as it relates to the church itself and belief systems and things like that where the church has been weak is we've oversimplified and not given the people that are out there greeting and getting to know people the right tools to be able to have patience because Look, when you're dealing with somebody that's struggling emotionally, uh, maybe have a, have a mental illness, maybe are on the spectrum, whatever that may be, it takes patience, it takes grace, because they may say or do things that make you uncomfortable or don't understand. And so we need to help our people understand better what to do, whether that's them being able to handle that situation themselves or to know that, hey, if I've got somebody that's struggling with something like this, I've got this person over here that I need to talk to to help them. To somebody that does know how to handle and work on those situations. On the flip side of that, for the person that's coming in that is struggling, that is in that rough place and i'm gonna i'm gonna stretch this out because that's a broad category because some people that are coming into the church are seeking because they're hurting so bad they don't know what to do but take somebody that um either is on the spectrum or does wrestle with ongoing mental illness to come in and have resources on them that if they get overwhelmed, kind of like your card that you have, and I think that's a great resource to have, that if you ever get overwhelmed, you can hand to somebody that says, hey, this is who I am. This is what happens. Here's what to do so that they know what to do. And I think that helps. And that's something that can happen, that can help somebody coming in so I think it works both ways in that. The church has to be better about recognizing and understanding how to help people. I think another important part of this is when someone new comes in, you have to try to read the situation and meet them where they're at because it could just be that they're really shy and they're unsure, especially if they're new to the church or they're new to the area and they're a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you walk in and you have 20 people surrounding you giving you hugs and you don't like being touched and you go like completely frozen and they seem to think that's an indication you want to be squeezed tighter mm-hmm. or even once you get to know people and they tell you they don't like being touched don't come up and continue giving them hugs especially after they told you not to respect their boundaries. Mm-hmm. 
And I think sometimes that people just get so excited and they want to show that love and and they want to like just what they need to to try to read the situation and, and recognize that if someone's not sharing your energy or giving you back the same energy, maybe dial it down a lot because that can be overwhelming. It's something that when I was in Toastmasters that was addressed a lot of times. Whenever we had a guest come in and there were certain individuals who, like myself, would come in and they just wanted to hide in the back, kind of get an idea of what what this Toastmasters thing is all about. And so if you call them out and they tell you that they're not ready to introduce themselves, they're not ready to participate in the meeting, don't keep hammering them and telling them, oh no, you need to come up here because you're gonna turn them away. Yeah. I think that's it. Um, I think it's one of, you know, people talk about COVID and the negative side of it, which it was a very negative situation. But some of the good, because anytime there's been these extreme negatives, there have been good that has come out of it. Um, Some of the good that's come out of it is people think twice now before they go up and hug somebody. Not always. I know. There's always there 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 is always exceptions to that. Um, People think twice about that, whether it's shaking hands or giving somebody a hug. Um, and, and look, I grew up in the era of church where, you know, they'd have everybody get up and hug somebody or shake somebody's hand. Um, I grew up in the era of church where if there was a visitor there, they'd have them stand up and introduce themselves. All of those things that I look back on and go, you know what, that's why I never wanted to be a visitor in a church. Because I don't want to stand up. I can be a pastor, walk into any church, and the last thing I want to do is stand up and introduce myself. Now, if I'm there as a guest, that's a different situation. But it's those uncomfortable moments, and I think the church has gotten better with that. Um, I would say it has improved but not as much as some people may think. It depends on the church, depends on the situation. I just mean overall, based off of my personal experiences with some of the different church activities that I've been to, different churches that I've gone to, other than yours, or even during the height of COVID, when some random lady came up and threw her arms around me and gave me a hug and I'm freaking out and thankfully Jennifer came over and saved me. I don't know, like if I just have an invisible tattoo that people read that says, please come hug me. But I do know that 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 is still there and I get why people are doing it. All I'm saying is we need to all try to work together and if somebody tells you that they're not comfortable with that, respect that. Don't try to tell them that you know them better than they know themselves. Yeah. And that's true in and out of the church. Yeah. Well, we're going to really dig into this even deeper with Brandon. 
and kind of get into a lot of the different nuances, especially when it comes to faith and mental health and how we interact with people. So I'm excited about that. That'll be coming up in just a couple weeks. And I think it'll be a great conversation today. It's been a great conversation. Um, as soon as we're done, I'm gonna give you a big hug. It'll be awesome. Oh, okay, Heather didn't think that was as funny as I did. Uh, and I just want to leave people with this final thought. We all need to feel connected somewhere. A lot of people, when they look at my logo, and if you look at the art for the podcast, that is my logo. Mm-hmm. And they see that puzzle piece, and a lot of people mistakenly believe that it is representative of autism because I am on the spectrum. But in reality, it is representative of my need to constantly find the connections and how things fit together. And I think that that is universal. I think we are all trying to figure out where we fit in and. I think that if we all work together, especially the people that are in the church, to try to find a way to make a place for everybody to find where they belong and find a way to connect with one another. And it doesn't have to be as deep a connection mm-hmm. with everybody, that we will make a stronger whole. Like the greater the sum is the greater than, the whole is greater than some of its parts. Words. Parts is parts. Oh, I'm sorry. Old commercials. You're special. Is there anything else you would like to share before we wrap this up? Uh, not really. I mean, I think we've, we've talked about this quite a bit today, and we're going to get, like I said, more in-depth in a couple weeks with Brandon. I'm just excited about where that's going to go, and I think the conversations this year have been great. I want to encourage anyone that does listen, interact with this. If you come across somebody that you feel like could benefit from what we talk about, if you want to share that and say, hey, here's a conversation that I think could be helpful, do that. And and the whole desire of this is to help people better connect and understand how to interact and have interactions with others. And to build on that, if anybody wants to connect and interact with us, when you look at the episode description at the bottom of every episode, there is a link to the email. Please feel free to reach out and share your thoughts, questions, if you want to join us, any of that. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, have a great day.